have an approaching test or exam and need help studying, well it's time to prepare yourself. The Study Barn, www.studyvan.com, is a 100% free website dedicated to helping you achieve excellence. MCAT, History, Chemistry, French, Math, Biology, The Study Barn covers it all. Tools are provided so you can create your own study group and do what you need to do. ACR exam. The Study Barn will help you help yourself. Give it a shot, you have nothing to lose, as once again it is a 100% free studying resource. So remember, when you need to study, go to the Study Barn, www.studybarn.com. Hey, let's talk about food and music, eating and grooving, munching and moving, forking and spooning, listening to tunes, yeah, dinner's on soon and to get ready for, ready for, peanut butter and jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with hosts Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood, and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds, it's Peanut Butter and Jams. Hello there. It's Brenda from Peanut Butter and Jams. Unfortunately, Jordy couldn't make it, but I have some other special guests in the studio. Uh, can you introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, I'm Julie, and I'm going to take Jordy's uh, place just for today. Is he out trick-or-treating? No. Oh, okay. We'll pretend he's out trick-or-treating. Um, but yes, I am not a good cook. Um, I hope I'm allowed to be here anyways. And I'm um, Steve Golub, chef, resident chef at uh, Place Vanier Dining Hall at UBC. Great. So we're going to talk about some Halloween-related food topics mm-hmm. at UBC and otherwise. Uh, but to start off the show, I picked a whole bunch of uh, FemCon for you to kick very us nice. off. And it's not very Halloween-themed, but we'll throw some of that in at the end. Uh, so this is a track by White Poppy, her new album released September 2013 and the track is called Darkness Turns to Light which is I say that's pretty Halloween very suited great
I'm Gordon Caddick, host of the Terry Project on CITR. We are holding a student conference this Saturday, November 2nd. It's our sixth annual TEDx Terry Talks. Why don't you join us? You'll hear from an accomplished mountaineer who has climbed five of the seven tallest peaks, a pulsar astrophysicist studying gravitational waves, a smartphone app designer who looks at street art, and much more. Have I mentioned these are all your fellow students? Tickets are available now at terry.ubc.ca. It's just 12 bucks, and you'll get admission to a day-long conference and a lunch. Again, it's the TEDx Terry Talks, and you can find out more at terry.ubc.ca. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. Because you're mine, I walk the line. And we're back. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. This is Peanut Butter and Jams, a show about local food and music. And uh, we have guests, Julie and Steve, in the studio. So, Steve, can you tell us a bit about what's happening that's Halloween-related at UBC? Well, what we're doing, and I brought you some samples from our bakery in on campus. It's our division with, with uh, UBC Food Service is Swirl. So I got you some cookies that has rest in peace. Um, for you to try later on. We also sold out by the time I got here was our cupcakes with little miniature pumpkins on it that we make in-house. And we also have a ginger-flavored uh, pumpkin muffin sold out again. But what I made sure was, it's kind of crushed, is a pumpkin cheesecake with whipped cream, chocolate shavings, and um, somewhat of a pumpkin on top with two spoons for you and your guests to try later on. It's nice and cold, so it's very, very tasty. Wow, we love guests that bring treats. Always. Fantastic. So what are these cookies made of? Um, they're made out of flour, eggs. Um, it's not vegan or vegetarian, obviously. But um, to be honest, I'm not a baker. I did not do very good in baking school in college in Toronto. When I did baking, they more or less told me, stay out of the kitchen. Because baking is formulated recipes, where what I do in savory cooking, it's a guide a recipe, which all of us should learn. A recipe is a guide. You can play with it. You can, if you don't like Swiss chard, you put spinach. You don't like spinach, you put potatoes. I totally respect bakers. Actually, my brother-in-law is a baker teacher at VCC. So your guess is as good as mine, but all I know is that I barely, I had to take this out of a student's hand today. <laughs> they were just grabbing it. What we did at uh, Place Vanier Dining Hall, I made a new version of a pumpkin soup, but I used chai black tea flavoring with extra cardamom and cinnamon and nutmeg, we put that in. Shockingly, to me, we sold out. So it just, again, proves the um, the way the students like to eat and the customers, they're very knowledgeable. Like I was a little surprised they would eat that, but that just shows you got to keep pushing that envelope. There shouldn't even be an envelope in cooking. Let it go. May, may I ask yes. how long pumpkin stays on the menu? How long does pumpkin stay? I mean, like, like how long it stays that it still keeps its integrity? Well, um, just 
thinking about Brenda's uh, question about um, Halloween treats. It's mm -hmm. not like these are going to disappear no. tomorrow. No. Actually, two days ago, we did a roasted squash carrot, heirloom carrots from UBC Farm, and we roasted them with red onions and garlic and cloves and pumpkin spice, which is nutmeg and cinnamon and allspice, and we did that, and again, that sold out. No, no, we use it all... We have to honor our seasons. So right now you'll see a lot of squash and pumpkins. You're not going to see fresh green beans from Peru or from Arizona. That's not right. Carbon footprint. So, no, we use that. And you know what? We roast pumpkins and squash and carrots and put them on our, on our um, pizzas. Oh, and it sells wow. really, really well. little cilantro, maybe a little cinnamon-flavored yogurt swirl on top, and it goes really, really well. So uh, where do you get all these pumpkins from? We get some from UBC Farm. Actually, what we're doing, good segue, mm -hmm. is um, at the, the last farmers, last UBC Farmers event is next November the 6th at campus. And that's on East Mall outside Ike Barber. And they're going to have their last day because the growing season is shutting down. But what we're doing is in uh, connection with Sustainability Department, we're, they're doing a ripple campaign. And I'll be making a soup. That soup is going to be a pumpkin soup, Cinderella pumpkin, which when they came to me two years ago, what's a Cinderella pumpkin? Look at the cartoons. It's a very orange pumpkin where they put wheels on. They picked up Cinderella, and they took her to the uh, ball. And on the way back, the pumpkin changed, you know, the midnight, whatever. So we use that, but we roast it whole with olive oil, salt, and pepper. And then we add some onions. We take it out. We... we Take all the pulp, take out the seeds, save it, and then we wrote, we uh, puree it, add some more heirloom carrots, white, red, orange carrots, dice them, add some Swiss chard, and that will be free. That will be free <laughs> to everybody who How comes much? to the market next that. Farmer's Market, UBC Farmer's Market on East Mall, outside of Ike Barber, that starts at 11. The soup will be there, nice and hot, served out of a hot shaving dish, so you're not going to get any issues with that. And the recipe will be online, that and the other soup, within next week on soupscoopswordpress.org. And that's, that's your soup blog. Yes, it is. That, so if anyone the, really cares about soup, they should yes. pay attention. It's totally. It's totally vegan, vegetarian, no cream, etc. It'll be a natural soup and um, very, very healthy. Based on your experience, how long will that soup last? Well, they told me to make enough for 200 so I'm guessing people are going to gorge and take as much as they want, which is <laughs> fine, but it's supposed to be a sample. It's not supposed to be all-you-can-eat like Las Vegas. The so, trough, the trough of the soup, trough, or you yes. just line up? So I say get there before 12. Okay, and what day of the week is this? That is next Wednesday, November the 6th, I believe. Okay, so perfect if you're on campus and you're hungry. Yes. Which and is me most of the time. Yes, and I'm surprised you're not eating the cheesecake yet. Oh, yeah, we, we <laughs> will get there. We will get there. We're actually not supposed to have food in the studio, but um, uh -oh. we do it all the time. Okay. I know. I'm set, setting a bad example. Really? There's no health board coming in. We keep it very far from the board. Okay. Very far. Um, yeah, so how long... How long are you going to be developing more squash and pumpkin soups? Will this go for the next two, three weeks? Till I retire from work. Till you retire. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So if, uh, if pumpkin is fall seasonal, what happens in the wintertime? In the winter, we're going to still be looking at squash and carrots because I just talked to our field technician, Jacob Slossberg, who's listening tonight from UBC Farm. He says I have enough carrots, red, white, orange, and yellow, till hopefully the end of November. So carrots for sure, fennel for sure. Uh, we'll get some Swiss chard in from him. Then I'll get uh, kale from other areas. Uh, definitely celery. Um, that's about it. That's going to be local fresh. Okay, and you were also telling me about a lot of blueberries that you've got your hands on. You know what? That is, thank you, because what's going on is last year we were bringing in some BC blueberries, which which when we came last time, BC is number one producer of blueberries, followed by Michigan and then New Jersey. So we brought them in. We we set up with with our main supplier, I Want Blueberries. Last year I brought in 45 cases, 10, 20 pounds each. I said, let's bring in some more because it seemed very popular in the beginning of the year. Then we ran out by the end of September. So as of today, we are up to now almost 1,600 pounds of BC blueberries. We bring them in fresh in the beginning of the year, which is September 1st, and then we freeze them. And fresh blueberries are high bush blueberries, which are really, really big, plump, a lot of flavor. When you buy your frozen blueberries... They are wild blueberries, smaller, kind of extracted from their flavor. So I, we prefer the high bush. So he has now put another order in for me to freeze in his plant, in his plant another 800 pounds. Because we marketed on our salad fruit bar, BC blueberries, local, fresh, now it's frozen, unbelievable. They put it on yogurt. They put it on their chicken. They put it on their French toast. They put it on their waffles. It's just nonstop how much blueberries they're eating, which is the best thing to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed at this blueberries and chicken concept, and Brenda is nodding like she's had it a thousand times over. No, I don't think I have. Oh, blueberry chutney, uh, blueberry barbecue sauce. You make your regular barbecue sauce. You, you puree in your you puree in your blueberries. Blueberry teriyaki sauce. Blueberry salsa. Blueberry vinaigrette. She's writing this all down. Blueberry <laughs> vinaigrette on your uh, mixed greens. Uh, we did a kale, a baby kale organic salad with roasted squash, heirloom carrots. And then we added some blueberries in, some toasted pumpkin seeds, seasonal, and, and um, et cetera. And it, um, what I want to, the point is, is that the, the student body are very knowledgeable about food. When they see what's local and fresh that's in season, they know it's not something coming out of a bag that we open with a pair of scissors from, let's say, a company. I don't want to mention those TV dinner things, right? So mm-hmm. healthy mind, healthy food, healthy mind. It, it all works in, in connection. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Plus, it seems like you work really hard to pique their interest. Like, oh, this is new and exciting and original. And then, of course, I would gravitate to that. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a living lab, as they say at UBC. And... We're teaching them math and athletics and science. Well, let's teach them how to eat and eat, eat in season. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than eating blue uh, strawberries that are coming from who knows where in January from somewhere else. And you might as well just eat a piece of paper. <laughs> it has true. no flavor and it's very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. You should honor your seasons. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we, uh, we'll play another song. Uh, this is a song by Rose Melberg, Bear in a Cave. And... When I can figure out how to get our computer to work, um, it will start. And then we'll come back and talk a bit about the themes at Residence of Vanier, the different theme food sure. that you're putting on. 
There you go. We're, we're going to keep chatting while sure. Brenda figures out um, what is Well, she's actually on. eating the cheesecake. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's blame it on the cheesecake. Yes. Um, so, uh, as we move through the exciting things that mm -hmm. are going on, uh, I will ask about the new bistro that opened up recently. Yes. Sage Bistro. This has been a work in progress. Um, basically, they want to make it perfect. They want to make it right. Been a, been a, has been a bit of a delay, but I tell you, it's well worth it. Sage Bistro is near the above the Rose Garden parking lot, I believe, near the theater. I forget the theater. I went there many years ago. At the very end of the campus near, oh, Chancellor Abaya, the is MOA. Is it where, where Kerner's yes. pub used to Yes, be? yes, it's beside, next to Kerner's. Okay. Now, people have this misconception that it's only for faculty and uh uh, and the professors know it's a licensed, waiter-run, waiter-served uh, operation. And I have a menu here, and I tell you, it inspires me. The new menu is designed by Chef Andreas Kodis, who's been here a number of years. He's originally from Boston, I believe. He's worked in a number of number one California restaurants. He's got unbelievable seasonal local ideas. Here's one. Fuji apples, local, organic, Belgian endive, roasted butternut squash, hazelnuts, blue cheese, white balsamic vinaigrette. Oh, yum. Mm. Then he has it all uh, lined up as garden, field and woodlands, ocean, which is, we're all ocean-wise at um, UBC Food Service. He has sautéed uh, chanterelles, warm poached quail egg, baby frisée, which is a, um, a little bit of bitter lettuce, apple cider vinaigrette, UBC farm carrot gnocchi, chive pepper butter parmesan. Mm. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, what was that? The last one? Okay. The last Did you one. Did say he, Noki? Noki. Mm. Always don't pronounce the G. Ganaki. Yeah. It's Noki. Okay. So it's a potato, flour, and he's added now roasted, I'm guessing, Andreas, if you're listening, UBC Farm carrot, heirloom carrots, uh, cooked, pureed, mashed into the gnocchi with a chive pepper, butter, with parmesan. He's got... Gathered green. See, you know what? Brilliant. Because usually, see, you always hear the word a local greens or mixed greens. He's got gathered greens, mixed seeds, cucumber, grape tomatoes, lemon poppy seed vinaigrette, Dungeness crab with a sriracha aioli, avocado, cucumber, grape tomatoes, bib lettuce, hard-boiled egg. Here's one. Pan-roasted steelhead, like a salmon, Meyer lemon, caper butter, roasted potatoes, autumn vegetables. Is this somewhere that a UBC student can go on totally. a student budget? Yes, you can. Because I tell you, what I don't, I don't have the. I'm not here to um, be the marketing manager, but I can tell you, what you would get here, you would pay triple on Robson Street. Okay, you're getting served by a waiter. Great, they did a complete new Reno, the nice lounge. They do some cater. They do a lot of catering there. They do unbelievable. Here's one, UBC Farm Rainbow Carrots. You know what? It's well worth it. I tell you, that he, he's a, the, 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 what they're doing there is unbelievable. And let's be honest, as honest as I can be, is that you need to network as a, when you get older. So you may have those huge marks as a student, but when you go out for dinner with your clients down the road a business meeting, you need to know what gnocchi is. You need to know what wine to eat with your meal. So you know what? You need all that. You need to be totally well-rounded. 
when it comes to the outside world. You cannot show up somewhere and take a soup spoon and use that for your salad. So this is again another learning experience and it's very, very reasonable. And what do you mean by reasonable? Can you give us a ballpark? Well, to be honest, it got cut off. Um, I believe there's nothing in the $20 range okay. for an entree. And what he's done here is really brilliant. He now has chef's combination specials. Chef selects two small plates and one side plate. So it's almost, it will be like a tapas style. You have a little bit of plate here and here. I worry about that because of the students that I feed the last 16 years. They'll use a tray <laughs> instead of a plate sometimes, right? So it's very reasonable. It's all online, Sage Bistro, and they should have a look and decide for themselves. So the real trick is when your parents come to visit and they say, hmm, where would you like to eat dinner? On so, campus? On campus. Totally. Sage Bistro. And you know, they're very busy during the um, graduation week. Uh, they've got a number of great reviews before this new uh, uh, renovation from the local newspapers, Globe and Mail, national from uh, the Toronto the Vancouver Sun sorry etc their wine list is unbelievable and it's it, it's a great experience just don't wear your shorts and flip-flops I'm thinking Good call. you don't have to wear a tie but you know but don't come from the beach exactly is what you're saying which beach um well either <laughs> okay and any of the beaches <laughs> okay yes Okay, so uh, I'm going to try playing a song again. Thank you, Julie and Steve, for saving us from the last one. Um, but uh, this, we will start with Rose Melberg, and the song is called Bear in a Cave.
CITR and the Vancouver webzine Van Music present three nights a week of awesome music from both local and touring bands. Check out Tune Up Tuesdays and Showcase Thursdays at Displace Hashery at 3293 West 4th Avenue, where bands come to jam for a chance to win some great prizes. And don't forget the Indie Pop Vancouver series, happening every Friday at the British Ex-Servicement Association, 1143 Kingsway. Be sure to come out and support live music. Very popular. Great, so you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. This is Brenda on Peanut Butter and Jams with hosts Julie Claro and Steve Golub, who is a chef at Place Banier at UBC. And so, uh, as we teased you about earlier, we're going to talk to you about the different themes. What, what themes are you doing? Well, what we do for a number of years in the residence dining halls is that we want to um, expand the students, their knowledge of food, and food is a huge connector. So you can learn about the world, other countries through food. So what we did last week, we did France. So example, we something was very popular, we did a French onion soup. Everybody goes French onion soup, they go, ooh, that gets with a lot of cheese. We didn't do it with cheese. Because if you go to southern France, they really don't do cheese on that. They just do a regular uh, onion sautéed in olive oil, four types of onions, yellow, white, red, and green. We sauté them, a nice vegetable stock, again, so it's vegetarian. And we did it with that way. And um, surprisingly, no one asked, where's the cheese? They, they all went crazy for it and actually have to send those recipes out to students and faculty. Uh, we did uh, beef bourguignon, which is a fan favorite. Uh, roast chicken with uh, bacon and wild BC mushrooms that are local, etc. But what we're doing next is at Place Vanier is Dabali, which is coming up now. And we're going to be making dal, non bread, um, pizzas with roasted tandoori style uh, vegetables. We'll be doing a tandoori chicken burger. We'll be doing butter chicken. Actually, we're doing butter chicken tonight. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing a number of these things. And then coming up, We'll be doing a theme on Jamaica. So Diwali is next Wednesday, and Jamaica is the 19th. Okay, so students still have all the other options, but then there's this whole theme that they can choose from as well. Yes, yes. We make it user-friendly, so I'm not going to, you know, bombard them with things that they wouldn't particularly like. So when we do the sandwich, the salad bar won't be full of lentils, and um, mango powder, a number of masala peppers. No, we, we have to make it user-friendly. Again, as I said last time I was on, we won't, I'm not going to feed my culinary ego. We want to make sure that they eat it, enjoy it, and learn a bit. So what do you do to tell people about the theme in advance? How, how do you promote and tell we'll, people? We'll have that online. We're talking about it today. Mm-hmm. We'll, do, we'll look at maybe putting it on Twitter, etc. And we start putting posters up in advance. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask the cruel question. It's okay. What do the students leave behind? What have you Wait, made what they and, don't like to eat? and thought that uh, it was a, a surefire success, and then uh, end of the day you still have three tubs of soup left, or anything that you found you just can't win people over with? 
has nothing to do with the way it's prepared. Just you know, sometimes I know what you mean. Yeah, people really nothing aren't that, willing to try something new. Or you know what? One that comes to mind. No, that worked too. What we did is <laughs> no, no. I, I you, you no, no. You, what we did is once we did a, a split pea onion, split pea soup, right? And if you, and the culinary experts out there will know, a split pea soup you use ham hocks. So we don't want to put ham hocks or diced ham in there. So because of the vegan vegetarians, which is a huge, it's not a minority anymore on campus. So we're thinking and thinking, so how can we get that nice smoky flavor? We bring in from a local supplier on the island a GMO-free organic tofu, and he makes a smoked tofu, and there's your protein. So we dice it up and put it in the, in the soup thinking, is this going to work? Is this going to work? My God, they went crazy on it. Um, to be honest, a good chef always can take care of what is sitting there as long as it's health, it's safety, it's it's got the you know the right temperature or whatever. Mm-hmm. One day we did dal. There's a good question, and we did dal, which is lentils, and you cook it with a number of spices, Indian spices, lots of onions. Some put kidney beans in, and we made it as a soup. Oh, the Indian students just went crazy. They thought it was the best thing in the world. Thank God I learned this through my mother-in-law. Uh, Santosh, if she's listening, and my wife Josie, and they taught me how to make proper Indian food. But I had some left over. We chilled it, made it safe, Hasek approved, and I thought, what am I going to do with this? So I make it into a dip. I add now hummus spices, some chickpeas, pureed it all up. Students love hummus. Now we have a lentil hummus. We put out some chips, bagel chips, or uh, pita bread, etc., Oh my God, unreal. They loved it. So that is what they usually do when you um, talk to chefs. You know, the, it's always easy to make something taste great when it's brand new in front of you. But what are you going to do with something that's sitting a day old? We're not talking four weeks old. We're talking a day or two old. Other than that, I'm thinking, you guys talk amongst yourself while I think <laughs> about something here. What didn't sell? Frog's legs. No, I wouldn't put that on. Um um, good. Who is this lady? This, this she is, asks good is, questions. But I'm I'm very happy to hear that no, uh, I, the students are open to everything that you bring to them. Um, and when you mention adding the tofu to the soup, that makes me wonder. And now I'm giving you something else to think about. Um, it sounds very much like you take into full consideration the dietary needs of a, a vegetarian or a vegan who would be eating only at your establishment. I don't know the right way to, to call that, but uh, it sounds very much like someone who ate every day um, from food services could get everything they need, could get a fully rounded diet. It's very important that we feed our customers. As I said earlier and last time I was on that, I don't feed my culinary ego. I don't have an ego. My wife's listening. She's going, yes, he does. Every chef has a bit of an ego. But it's important that we talk to the students. What I have in front of me to put into this perspective is the top 10 culinary trends at the latest National Restaurant Association show 2013. This is out of Chicago. The number one trend is healthy, I don't like the word, but it's still there, healthy kids' food. I don't like calling them kids. They're young adults. It is huge that we feed what they want. We've always been catering to the people who like meat and protein in that sense, chicken, pork. 
Well, things have changed dramatically. When I was a cook in 1977, I remember when we did a banquet for 300 people, I was 18, 17 and a half years old, you get two vegetarians out of 200. Nowadays, you're looking at a higher number. And, if, and there's nothing, you know what? And when you get a vegetarian meal in 1977, they would just give you the carrots and the green beans and give you extra portions. <laughs> That's not vegetarian to me. Now you have to come up with something. And it's, it's, it's so good to have a very good vegetarian meal that has protein, protein in it. We bring in edamame beans, we'll use that, the smoked tofu. We, we brought in red scarlet beans, chickpeas, etc. And you know what? That makes the chef more, makes him more culinary savvy to think outside the box. A chef should be thinking outside the box and do that. And it, you're, you're absolutely right. We cater to their needs. What I, what, what I happen to bring with me too, and it's almost like, you know, you're great. You're bringing up all these topics that I have. So what we have at Vanier Dining Hall are our number one vegetarian vegan entrees. Uh, this is what they want. Dosas, a lentil and rice flour pancakes. We make it. We make it not savory, so there's no salt, and we add yogurt to it and fresh blueberries or strawberries. Quinoa. We bring in not just white quinoa. We bring in tricolor quinoa, red quinoa, and we do that with toasted pumpkin seeds, black beans, carrots, cilantro. Bulgur pilaf, hot. So you always think of bulgur being a salad, like um, escapes me now. Um, we use it, make it hot. With, we mix it with brown rice, with again. Uh, chickpeas, roasted carrots, saffron oil, lentil basmati rice pilaf with tomatoes, chickpeas, Persian style rice pilaf, chickpeas, saffron. We make our own preserved lemons. Whole wheat Israeli couscous with roasted veggies. Couscous with roasted carrots. And these things sell huge. A burrito bowl. Here's one. I thought, well, they eat a burrito bowl. What's a burrito bowl? Students want, students want to customize their meals. They don't want to be force-fed. So what we do is we have a station, we have brown rice, roasted veggie, a five bean chili, uh, avocado crema, a chipotle crema, green onions, cheddar cheese shredded, green onions, etc. And they can build it. We put in the rice, we put in the chili, put the roasted veggie, blah, blah, blah. The thing almost is as tall as the Eiffel Tower and they, they <laughs> love it. Even the vegetarians, the vegetarians obviously love it, but the meat lovers, they go crazy for it. So, um, just going back to the banquet idea, if you, you said like 10, 10, 15 years ago, it'd be two vegetarians out of 200. If you had oh, a banquet. 30, 20 years ago. Thir- 30 years ago. Yeah. What, like, if you had a banquet on campus today, how many vegetarians or vegans do you think there would be? Oof. Like, what's a ballpark? 20, 30% maybe? Yeah. You know, I'm not a vegetarian, but there are times when I see salmon, ugh. I see pork, ugh. What is your uh, vegetarian option? And we go to a lot of uh, functions and they go, well, it's a um, saffron risotto with wild BC mushrooms uh, mixed in with a wild baby kale with a Asiago cheese. I'm making this up as I go. I'm going, uh, I'll have that. Mm-hmm. I would too. Here is a cool one. Um, baked enchiladas. Mexican food is huge. So we did bake. We do baked enchiladas the last couple of years and we fill them not with pork or chicken, we do it with um, acorn squash, seven grain rice, carrots, leeks, spinach. We put a little cheese and avocado crema on top. They're eating it, and I go to the students. I go, excuse me, John or Mary, you realize that's no, there's not pork in it. We have menus. They go, oh, I know that, man. It's cool. I, I like this stuff. 
I go, but there's no pork or meat in there. It's okay, man. It's okay. <laughs> sometimes they sometimes call me, uh, hey, dude, what up tonight? And I go, we're doing this and this and this. And there's no holes barred. You can do whatever you want. Stuffed peppers. We, we don't just do stuffed peppers with ground pork or beef, with rice. We'll use smoked, or, smoked organic tofu, brown rice, tomatoes, carrots, you know, roast potatoes. We'll add again tofu, kale, red onions, thyme, and rosemary. And every time we do this, I'm going, okay, what are we going to do with the leftovers? There is no leftovers. This year has been astronomically successful. Everything we try, no, I know now what doesn't go. But please. Get this. Now you tell me, baked potato, roast it, not with foil. You don't roast a baked potato with foil. Now what you get is a steamed potato. You take a ro- you take a baked russet potato, cover with olive oil, salt, and pepper. Roast it, 400, jack it down the temperature to 350. Keeps the integrity. S- stab it with a fork to let the um, moisture out so it doesn't explode in your oven. Now we cut it open, and now you have a choice of Greek style. Spinach, feta cheese, roasted veggie, green onions, etc. And you can put that all on top, and we add a little tzatziki on top. Doesn't go. Then we did a southwestern version. Again, baked potato, no foil, etc. Chili, no, sorry, black beans, corn, Monterey Jack cheese, green onions, cilantro, red onions, and you just put it on top. Doesn't go. Potatoes have a very bad rap right now. Um, They're considered, I mean, probably falsely, but considered just empty carbohydrates, are they not? Um, So a lot of people will strike them from their diet regardless of what they taste like. I agree with you 100%. I don't understand why they wouldn't eat that. And um, so we took it off. So that's the key. We Mm. took it off the menu. Mm. We will not force feed them. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, plus there's this anti-carb thing. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, potato. But they'll probably still eat their french fries Mm -hmm. without thinking about it. Yeah. You know what? We sell more potatoes as soon as the weather gets cold. Mm. We sell more garlic bread. Last night we usually sell, two nights ago we'll sell maybe six loaves of garlic bread. We cut them into 12 pieces. Today my assistant chef, if he's listening, Joe Thomas, he, they're always listening in. They go, you know, they're watching. There's no hockey game, so they're listening on at work. And they sold 12 loaves of garlic bread. So the weather changes their mood. So I when it's colder? understand entirely. Last night I made potatoes. I make potatoes maybe three times a year, but it got cold. It rained on me when I was waiting for the bus, and that was it. I had to go home and roast some chicken and potatoes and carrots, and that's a three times a year meal for me, and that was last night. Sounds good. You Did you bring any? Uh, None I left. ate some for lunch today. <laughs> okay. I ate my leftovers at work. Nice. Well... Uh, we'll come back and have a brief segment about ask you about UBC's vending machines. Sure. Um, but first we'll play a track by Dirty Spells called Stingray. Thank you. 
buy, sell, and trade new and used vinyl records at the Main Street Record Fair. With thousands of vinyl records for sale, you can discover gems and stock up on cheap classics. Join us Saturday, November 9th, and Sunday, November 10th, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for vinyl spinning DJs, food truck goodness, prizes, discounts, and great deals on tons of vinyl records. For more information, visit vinylrecordfair.com. I'm spätzle, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm crunchy, crispy. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> food, of course. And salivating at the same time. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about today related to UBC is the food snack vending machines. Yes. Well, what we've done is is that um, our vending machines from UBC Food Service, we offer locally produced items. Example, we have beef jerky and it comes from Abbotsford. It's not coming from Colorado, Denver, or California. It's a local company that we support. UBC Food Service likes to support. We always want to support local companies and what's a nice story is the energy snacks that are in these vending machines is from a third generation family owned and operated company um you know that's what it's all about let's support the little guy etc oh she's grabbing the new snacks i need to touch it i need to see it and this is so hot that it's new what this is it's something that we're using at vanier we're a test kitchen and what i have in my hand as you can hear it crackle it's called raw energy and it's an organic energy mix and what's cool about this is that when we came back from a chef's conference what is going flat and what are in sales is energy bars energy bars the sales are very flat what students like to have in university and colleges is trail mix so what this company has done a locally produced Canadian company they've taken shelled organic hemp seeds, sesame seeds, sprouted buckwheat, organic brown flax, and organic chia seeds. There's three flavors, a plain, a garlic, and the last one is a dessert one, sweetened with monk fruit. And I'm going monk fruit, I've heard of monk fish, but monk fruit. We put this out eight days ago. The plain on the salad bar and the dessert sweetened slightly on the salad bar, on the fruit bar. The students seem to be really going for it, maybe because it's free, but we're getting feedback. What do you think of this? They really, really, really like this product. It is brand new, probably only at Thrifty's Urban Fair, and we're gonna probably look at, down the road very soon, having these little miniature packages and have them at maybe, at our, uh, we're hoping at our convenience stores and Loop Cafe, local product again to support our local com economy. Are they available at breakfast? Oh, yeah. We put this out at breakfast. On, the fruit bar is open as soon as we open the doors. Okay. And they sprinkle this on this the yogurt. with the yogurt Totally. The problem is that the company suggests not to cook with it. Because I want to put it in my uh, rice pilaf or bulgur. And they said, don't do that. Because then you're going to lose all your nutri nutri nutritional value. Because mm -hmm. of flax seeds. You should eat flax seeds when they're not cooked. And I'm going to read this. The fat is only... My eyes are going by 11%. Uh, it, it's all very, very healthy. And it's gluten-free. And it's a good source of uh, energy. And it, it fills you up because they say when you eat the chia seeds, they, they expand in your stomach so you get that feeling of fullness. So this is brand new, 
fresh good. I'm um, reading this here. But this is something we're looking at to bring in for the students. And mm -hmm. so far, they really seem to like the idea of on your desserts or on your salad. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if I saw this in a vending machine, uh, I, might, I might give it a shot. But it seems kind of impractical. You've got it in, in shakers, uh, um, and that's a, a great idea. You spoon it on, you shake it on. Um, are we going to have kids wandering around campus just uh, chugging this back? That is possibly the, the idea because now in a business sense, if we just give them the shaker, they can put as much as they want on. Mm -hmm. But because it's in a little package, it's portion control, we can control our costs. And that's the business side of the food service. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at possibly having it as a little shaker, little container, like a little, I don't know how many grams this is, 20 grams. And if we do the, the bulk in a shaker, we can't control. Because unless we put it on the salad bar, thinking out loud, and they sprinkle it on with a spoon, because our salad fruit bar is charged by weight. Mm. This, is, this is so hot, we haven't even figured out the logistics. We are the first, you know what's, what, what I want to mention is that UBC Food Service has a unique reputation in that we get the first thing that's new on the, on the, on the wire. Because we're, we're very adaptable, flexible, and we want to see what's new. We, as I said last show, we don't follow trends, we want to start the trends. So all our suppliers, food brokers, companies that are new, they say, can you please try this and let us know what you think? And we give them the feedback, not just me, but all the other chefs, and then we let them know. Is it worth it? Yes or no? Is it cost effective? Do the students want it? I don't. Mm -hmm. I might not particularly like this stuff, but the So I don't. I cook for them, and they seem to really like it so far. Are, are they? In, are these in the vending machines? No, okay. not yet. Okay. No, this only came that's, out. That's what no, I'm really sorry, wondering not about. yet, yeah. not yet. Only it's in a shaker at Place Vanier Dining Hall, 1935 Lower Mall, UBC <laughs> campus, Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia. V35, I don't know, whatever, just joking. And you can um, get that shaker. The blue is plain and the red is the sweetened. I know my dietitians and my uh, nutritional students go, finally, we have something healthy on this dessert bar that when you, on your cheesecake, you could actually put that sweetened stuff on your cheesecake and see what you think mm -hmm. later on tonight. Mm -hmm. But I can't because the cheesecake is gone. <laughs> the two ladies ate it all. It was very good. Yes. You're very kind. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. I, I have a I have Please. a question. Oh, here she comes. I have comes. a new theory, um, and I, I need to have it validated sure. or disputed. Um, and maybe you've got the numbers to to help me out sure. with this. Uh, I have a theory that um, if one wants to be a med student. Yes. And you're probably feeding a few of them out here. Yes, we are. Uh, if one wants to be a med student, one has to drink Coke Zero. Is there anything to this? I, that's that's new to me. Okay. I never heard of that one. Okay, I'm spending all day with doctors now. And really? And they all drink Coke Zero. You know what? But I have something to mention on that topic. I just scribbled down something. I don't know about the Coke Zero, but I do know this, that Tulane, Tulane University in, in uh, Louisiana, they now, a year ago or a year and a half ago, have introduced a new uh, course, which I think is brilliant where they're going to have chefs and medical doctors take this course and learn about food. Because I know there's a number of surveys out there that says people are going to some hospitals are not eating healthy. This is a whole new topic we can talk about. And they're, they're, food is, is 
why would they call it comfort food? <laughs> comfort food makes you feel comfortable. So if you're going in a hospital and you're eating something that doesn't make you feel any better, how does that help you? I know a number of people that have gone to hospitals. I can't spend all day on this. I'll be the next topic. And they're eating something like dried, well-done roast beef and uh, sodium, in, uh, sodium infiltrated uh, gravies and overcooked potatoes with uh, uh, vegetable oil. How does that make you feel better after you have a heart attack? That makes no sense to me. So this new course is so the doctors together with chefs can learn how food can make you healthy. But this Coke Zero, no, <laughs> I, I, that's, this is in UBC. I, I don't think they, they walk their talk. Maybe that's it. Let's get them on next time and I can ask them those. That's, I, I never, that's, that's, that's a good question. don't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And to finish that up quickly is that Coke sales have dropped in a number of universities in the States in North America. And what the students want is water, flavored water, with either cucumber or basil or citrus mm. or strawberries or rosemary. Yum. They are very savvy about this. And it's cheap for us to provide. We don't even charge them. Now, Coca-Cola may not like that, but, you know, we still serve, a, we still make Coca-Cola happy. Coca-Cola will never go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Is anybody marketing those types of waters? We do on campus at our individual restaurant dining halls, yes. But there, there is no major force in bottled cucumber water because I, I you know at the at the gas station you get your blackberry flavored vitamin power water that you know is completely fake yes but cucumber or any of these other options you're talking about they sound great they love it and you know what i, I can't speak for the uh, those companies because i'm sure there's got to be a healthy issue and how safe is it how long can it be but you know what again this lady's awesome get her here next time because that brings me to another thing when we were in, in a conference chef's conference because gluten-free is the is hot and it, it is big so we were at a chef's conference 200 300 chefs in boston and uh, the gentleman from texas tech or texas a&m the food and beverage director said gluten is so hot so popular in Texas that they have in Texas, through marketing, gluten-free water. Oh, no. Yes. And they're oh. eating it and they're oh. buying it. That's crazy. It is. Thank God, you know, yes. And we're all laughing in the audience. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you see some are not in there for the right reasons. <laughs> some are in there for the mm-hmm. dollar factor. Yeah. My gluten-free room- water. Back to the water. So my roommate has a soda stream, and I'm not a pop fan. I don't really like pop. I hate Coke. It's disgusting. Every once in a while, I'll go for a Mountain Dew. Um, Mountain Dew? Usually Sprite to balance out the disgusting popcorn at the movie theater, if necessary. But my roommate has a soda stream and puts the little bubbles in the water, and then you just squeeze a little lemon in. Are people trying that on campus? Not where I am. Um, I know that I've seen out there in other areas these little squirt things you put in your water. Mm. And I know that. But, again, you guys are great because you're bringing up another topic. The hot trend in beverages is not carbonated soft drinks. This is out of the States. What's hot is fruit juice. Mm -hmm. Juice isn't just for kids. It's It's not just for breakfast option. Customers want quick, better for you options all day long. And they're saying juice is the key. The problem is some of the juices are a little high in sugar, but what's coming up big is a strong growth in vegetable juices is a clear indication of consumers' interest in better-for-you options. This is another topic next time we come. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very, very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Our number one seller is fruit juice and bottled water. Do you do vegetable juices as well? 
Yes, we do. Yeah. Not as popular that I would think, mm-hmm. but you know what? The vegetable juice are great for using in soups. You can use V8 juice, sodium, um, sodium-free V8 juice. Use that as a soup for uh, tomato soup with roasted veggies. It's a great product. It's a great use. You can use juices when you cook. Yum. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Steve. Anytime. Yeah. So Steve's going to be a regular guest on Peanut Butter and Jams every three or four weeks. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Anytime. Thank I'll you. bring extra food next time. Yes. Maybe a glass you, of you Pinot Noir. You treated us very, very well today. Uh, it's just hard to listen to all these tasty treats and not get a little bit well, excited you know, at it, the dinner you're, hour here. You're all very kind. I guess it's better to have a chef here than a lawyer bring a bunch of legal papers. A <laughs> chef will bring a bunch of food, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there are perks. It's a good topic. Uh, so we'll just play a couple ads and then a track by Lie, a local band. CITR presents DJing 101.9. We offer people a way to learn about the fun of mixing, sharing music, and throwing events. Our workshops and studio access is free for students and members. No experience or turntables are necessary. Workshops from 4 to 8 p.m. are on Tuesdays in 212A in the Student Union Building at UBC. For more information, visit us at citr.ca or follow at CITRDJ on Twitter. Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Thursday night only, Thunderbird Radio Hell. Hey, Ben. Hey, Jay. How's it going? Um, uh, all right, I guess. I didn't think I would bump into you in the street. No, um, usually on Thursday nights, I'm listening to Thunderbird Radio Hell. So am I. Yeah, usually, um, the radio has a show on at, um... 9 p.m. to 11. 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. That's right. It's a pretty good show. Is uh, that the show with the live bands? Yeah, it sounds like there's talking between the band and the guy. Yeah, that guy. Interview with bands while they're still alive. I'll check it out. Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell on CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver.
Hey guys, we're just um, figuring out a few things right now, right? Right? We're figuring things out. Yeah, thanks for your patience. Do you want to talk about borscht? Yeah, let's talk about borscht. Cool. Um, I made one. <laughs> so Julie made borscht. I, I did. Um, I'm Again, I, I think the first thing I said today was that I, I don't really know how to cook, and that remains true. Um, but we made an excursion out to Abbotsford at the beginning of September. Um, and I hope that this becomes an annual event, uh, but that we also begin to take Friday afternoons off so that we can get there in time to get the borscht. Uh, the Mennonite Fair out in Abbotsford is the place to go and eat all your favorite extremely heavy foods. Um, and this year we got there and there was no borscht left which was quite tragic. Um, but thankfully, Brenda's friend Seth said yes. it would be as easy as getting a bunch of meat and putting some stuff in a pot. And so I did that. I know. It's, I always think soups are a lot of work and a lot of effort, but really you just kind of dump things in pots mm -hmm. and let them sit for a while. I, I added kale. Um, I, and by the way, this is a the, um, the Mennonite... Um, summer borscht, I think it's called, or a red borscht. So there are no beets involved. Mm -hmm. Not a beet in sight. It's, it's more of a tomato-based um, soup. And I added kale, and I couldn't find a whatever kind of soup bone. You're, I think they're called soup bones. Mm. Um, could not find one, and so used um, stewing beef. Um, and ate that for about a week for all my meals saved breakfast. Um, but the one mistake I made, and, and Brenda, maybe you can weigh in here. Uh, the mistake I made was that I used my um, slow cooker. Do you have a slow cooker, Brenda? I don't. Okay. I have a slow cooker, and uh, it's very practical in the sense that you don't burn the bottom of the pot. Uh, you don't have to be there. be there, pay attention. But what I tend to do is put the slow cooker on overnight. And so then I wake up at 6 in the morning wanting to eat whatever soup has just been cooking, and my entire house smells like whatever I have just cooked. So it took about a week and a half to get the onion smell out of my apartment. Crazy. So you wake up dreaming about food. Absolutely. Wow. And then do you eat it for breakfast? I did have a little bowl the first morning yeah just because course. i was curious i didn't know what i'd made exactly so what else did you put in this summer borscht cabbage mm -hmm. and two very large cans of uh smushed tomatoes um some kale some swiss chard barley no i had no okay. um no grains there were no grains in there. Mm -hmm. I did add what else was it? some carrots, I believe, an onion, but nothing too far out mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But it tasted great. Fantastic. And then I didn't feel so sad anymore because I really was heartbroken when there was no borscht. So where did you find the recipe? I didn't. I, well. You just made it up? I made it up. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think I used a beef stock 
as well in mm-hmm. there to give it a bit more flavor and some tomato soup. Uh, I don't have the same high standards as our guest. Um, and I just buy whatever is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, that. uh, yeah, to learn more about the soups that my grandma made. And so I made a, a bean, a Mennonite bean soup the other mm. day with, um, summer savory. I think that's the spice in it. So bean soup and was farmer that the, sausage. The stock of thing that we got at Yeah, I bought a huge stock of thing. I think it no, that was something it may What was that? Sorry, Rosemary? maybe that was summer savory and then I had to actually bring so, buy something else for the soup. Sorrel, maybe? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Was. Anyways, but yeah, it's it's um fun trying to go back and sort of re-resurrect the soups that you used to eat when you were little. Because no one wants that to die, right? You want those foods to stay alive. I didn't even know those foods existed until the magical day when uh, Mm -hmm. a student brought me in a can, or not a can, but like a mason jar full of that (laughs) wonderful Mennonite borscht. So good. Uh, There is a a good website. for me to try and make it. Yeah, Go ahead. there's a good website called Mennonite Girls Can Cook, and it's got a lot of Mennonite recipes if, if you ever want to try published any. two books now, too, haven't yes, they? Yes, correct. Have you used many of their recipes? No. No. <laughs> yeah, usually I just call my grandma and uh, ask her for something. Yeah, okay. it's a good excuse to call your grandma, too. See, and, and my family is no good at making... Um, thankfully, my family doesn't listen to me on the radio ever, so I can say this and not get in trouble. My dad can cook, sort of. But my mother is not a soup maker, is not a anything-er-er. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I did try and get my, my Italian grandmother to teach me how to make her incredibly tasty meatballs but i waited a little bit too long and she kind of had forgotten her special recipe so sad yeah yeah oh and she makes really good spice balls at christmas too early you gotta get those recipes now oh shoot yeah i need that so the moral of this show's story is go talk to your grandma (laughs) (laughs) And learn about all the foods that she used to make. Mm-hmm. And listen to um, angry girls yelling on the CD player. Exactly. Do we have more? We have we more. We do. We have up. more. And this time we're <gasps> going to... I, my technical skills are, are not special. Not special things. And I'm only in the studio once every two weeks. So thank you You're for doing your a patience. great job. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Uh, so this is going to be... We have a Halloween mix here in the studio and this is Certain Breeds playing a song called Street Dogs. And I think everything we've played so far has been local and female bands. 100%. It's exciting. Okay.
So, who is that, Julie? Oh, that was Tough Age. Fantastic. Yeah. So that uh, leads us nicely into our weekly pairing, which is when we suggest a local show that you should go to mm-hmm. and a food place to eat beforehand. Um, make sure this is on your calendar. Yes. And so we're going to recommend to you a show that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look after the show part mm-hmm. and, and not the restaurant part. Yes. Because I, I never go down that far ahead of time to the rickshaw uh which is where you would go tomorrow night so that you could see um are they are they proto-punk pre-punk pioneers death there's a p before the other punk yes proto-punk proto-punk great um there was a documentary that uh, was released on them about a year ago now uh has made the rounds uh, you can just go and see for yourself what it's all about. Um, but two super amazing local-ish bands opening. Um, Tough Age, who have a full-length album coming out on Mint very soon, uh, in about two weeks. And uh, Hagface, which is um, Lindsay from Bash Brothers. Um, her kind of louder thing that she does. Um, so that's tomorrow night at the rickshaw, and I think tickets are about $20 or so. Not sold out yet. And your restaurant, Brenda? Yeah, so uh, what I'm going to recommend is that you go to Bao Bay ahead of time, uh, which is at... Um, whoops, I'm looking at the menu, but really I should be looking at the address. It's on Kiefer Street, 163 Kiefer. So it's right by the Kiefer Hotel. Hotel. Um, and uh, it's a Chinese brasserie with little tapas plates. So you order a whole bunch of different dishes, and the atmosphere is delightfully cute and quaint with little antique, antique dishes. And you order a whole bunch of the tastiest plates, the tastiest. So you should go there, have a nice leisurely dinner, and then walk down the street to the rickshaw. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty great. For a fantastic Friday night. Yes. Um, I actually saw Death um, when I went to South by Southwest. Um, Duncan was there, Duncan mm-hmm. from Duncan's Donuts. And he said, oh, I heard about this band, this band from the 70s that was rediscovered years later. It's one of the first punk bands. And um, yeah, so we hung out all night in this like freezing cold outside space uh, waiting Ooh. for this band and... Very f- tall, tall, imposing-looking dudes with long dreadlocks and long matrix capes were playing, playing this very intense music. So, so the question that I have for you is, was it rad? It was rad. Yeah, yeah. Their music's not highly interesting, but they they have this commanding presence. So it is it is really cool to see people quite your senior who are on the cutting edge. Nice. Come back and uh, they still got it. They still got it. Great. Cool. So we're going to play uh, the third band, Hagface. Um, thanks for having me on your show tonight, Brenda. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Julie. It was really great. And fun. come back anytime. I will. Thanks, everyone, for listening, people. Uh, up next is Darren with Stereoscopic Readout and then Ben Lai with Live from Thunder Radio, Thunderbird Radio Health.